0: The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Andy Wright started playing tennis as a teenager and he loved it. He ended up turning his love for sports into a full-time job, coaching tennis and also working to help local community sports projects find funding. His whole life changed when, age 33, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. It's a progressive nervous system disorder that affects movement. The main symptoms are shaking, slow movement and stiffness. He stepped away from the sport for six years, but one day met Tristan Hessing. He invited Andy for an informal game and Andy fell in love with the sport all over again. Today, we're going to be talking positivity in adverse circumstances, making friends through sport and taking chances. So hello to Andy and also to Tristan. How are you both doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Thanks. Thanks, Ed. Ah, thank you very much for joining us. So let's get right in. You were a full-time tennis coach and then age 33 with a young family. Uh, you're diagnosed with Parkinson's. It's a heavy day that when, when that finally comes in, that diagnosis, I imagine. But I imagine there was some relief as well to finally kind of get a label and kind of you could move on as well. I mean, how was that day?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think I think there was some some relief, especially because I think that particular day, sort of finally meeting the expert in the bow tie who kind of knew um, knew what was wrong with me, was was kind of kind of reassuring. And also, he he kind of had a really sort of matter of fact way about it. He was sort of like, well, you know, you're young, um, you know, you can it's not going to affect you quite as badly straight away. Um, so he was almost kind of like crack on some sort, sort of thing, which was, um, which was what I think I needed to hear. Uh, it probably didn't manifest itself quite, quite that way over over the last few years. But at that time, that was kind of my headset was kind of like, right, okay, crack on. And, um, I can remember my boss telling my boss and he said, um, oh, is, is, is that that thing where you, you get a bit shaky? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, Okay right thanks for letting me know and like all that kind of all that kind of attitude was um was was really what I needed to hear at the time I think so I kind of parked it to start with my my biggest worry was that I realized straight away um it was going to have a physical impact and um I think I kind of parked all the emotional stuff and went straight to the physical and thought right well kind of that's it for getting better as a tennis player now um which sounds really sort of single, uh, s- simple-minded, and, and probably a bit selfish. But I think it was more of a fact that I didn't see the full ramifications of it straight away.
0: Yeah, and you you had what a young son? Is that right? Is that
1: um, so? Yeah, I had um, at the time we had we had two, we've got three now. Um, yes, yeah, so I had a young son who was how old would he have been in two thousand and thirteen? He'd have been five, um, and yeah, and, and, and a baby. Uh, a baby as well um yeah so it's it's kind of like i think i think i did i did just park it to to, to start with um but pretty quickly it, it kind of started to sink in um apparently it's like a sort of grief cycle i think <laughs> some some people describe it as of um or, or kind of mirroring very similarly um the sort of process you go through to um to understand what's what's really happening
0: Was there a day where you thought, right, no more tennis for me, or was it uh, a slower kind of process?
1: Well, I think I I thought after that first conversation with that specialist, I kind of said, can I still play tennis? And he kind of said, well, um, you might struggle to pass a drug test that's sort of like elite um, ATP level um, with with the stuff you're going to be taking, but no, you can carry on playing. So, um, yeah, it wasn't instantaneous, but... um, I think what I found over the next um well probably a couple of years really is that Parkinson's so different for everyone. And um the way it affects you and the strategies for managing it take time and trial and error to sort of work out how to how how to manage it. So um it it took a lot of um a lot of management, a lot of um sort of practice to sort of try and get to grips with how we and when I say we I mean sort of like doctors and my family we're going to deal with it so um, yeah I suppose the condition as well affects people so differently so unfortunately as much as that doctor reassured me in the early days that you're young it's not going to affect you too badly the progression will be slow I actually found the progression in the early stages was really quick and it was also non-typical for me so I still now have problems with my posture the way I walk um I think most people kind of associate Parkinson's with like a bit of a shuffle and a stoop um but what I do is kind of lean right back and um have a really unusual posture that kind of um makes it difficult to walk um and it affects my eyes as well um which is really random um so yeah not not sort of like honing on my my sort of my sort of problems but um just, just to highlight that you know it does, does affect everybody, everybody a little bit differently.
0: So is this a good moment to talk about the skate park? Then you're in Nottingham. There's a skate park called Flow Skate Park. Can you explain kind of what you were doing there and 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 why that's important?
1: About two years, yeah. I think it's got its own. Only only yeah, only two years ago. Um, it feels like a lot longer. Um I took the decision to finish full time work. Um so I, I left Sport England in October um twenty eighteen. Um sort of managing a kind of proper full time busy job and traveling and commuting and stuff like that was just just too much. So I um, I took that decision to um to try and focus on on my health, um, and step aside. And that that was such a huge such a huge decision. Um, it was um, it was a really tough one because I, I love my job. I love what I did. It was linked to sport, you know. I think the stuff we we've been talking about around sort of um, sport making a difference. I think I, I learned how much that can happen by working at Sport England. Um, so. While I had the sort of tennis stuff in the background at that time, sort of working with kids and doing community coaching, what I had every day was sort of exposure to all these awesome projects that people were applying for for lottery funding to um and um, to deliver, so it was great to be able to be part of that um that that kind of area of work. so yes, yeah, so stepping away was tough um, but I knew it was the right thing to do. I think I thought. I was gonna be sort of getting loads of rest. Um I thought I was gonna be probably doing a bit of exercise in the morning and having a long lunch and sort of picking the kids up from school at three. And I still do have days when I when I have to do that. Um, but what flow has done is is really energized me um, more than anything, I think. Um so um so Flow is um a community-run skate park in Nottingham. Um it closed down in August, July, August, 2018. Uh, it's been around for a few years. Um, but the operator who owned it before closed it down, um, struggling to sort of make, make ends meet. So, um, I was invited cause my kids skated down there. Um, and my kind of background in, in community sport, to try and help the guys set up a charity to keep it, keep it running. Um, so that's, um, so that's what we did. Um, we started the charity that summer. Um, we spent some time trying to work on um, the owners of the building to convince them we weren't a bunch of chances and that we were generally community-minded um, people. Um, and between the group of trustees, we managed to um, to get the park uh, reopened in October 2018. Uh, so since then, it's just gone from strength to strength as a, a sort of community charity-operated skate park and that's that's kind of grown massively in the city um alongside the sort of news that skateboarding um around the same time was going to be olympic sport in 2020 and um it was so um um it was so great to see how that's evolved over the last two years and to, to be involved in it has been um has been incredible
0: so six years away from the tennis court if i'm if i'm correct in saying and then is is this where you come in tristan did you didn't you meet andy at Flow skate park
2: yeah that's right yeah yeah um so i met andy i must have been about about a year ago
1: i think Um, probably not far off yeah an anniversary like this this sort of time last year (laughs) isn't that this time yeah we're coming we so, how wonderful so, <laughs> look
0: at this
2: <laughs> and you know coming up to our anniversary and uh, <laughs> we yeah so i um i was interested to meet the the people that that run flow because uh in my uh, i separate to sport my, my, what i do for a job is i set up i work in the creative industries and i set up um art spaces uh, uh studios and art galleries and creative offices and things like that and i've always been interested in the links between that and skateboarding because skateboarding has a culture where uh, it overlaps with a lot of different creative industries such as fashion and photography and filmmaking design
1: it's different kind of kids as well i think that that's the thing It's, it's, it's the kind of kids that go there aren't the ones who kind of traditionally you probably would want to go to play football or cricket so um, I think that's why it's so great that it's starting to get more recognition as a sport so you know people like parents and local authorities can get behind it a little bit more um, as much as there's issues around that with sort of you know um, it's positive and, and negatives I guess but um Ultimately, it's, it's it's more on everybody's radar, which is really exciting. I think there's
2: a lot of different ways you can get into skateboarding. and it might be through through friends or through through your kind of artistic um, endeavors. And so, I, I wanted to make a connection with the kind of work I do uh, and what and what flows achieving, and see if there's any ways to sort of collaborate and work together and sort of fuse our projects together. And it was having a meeting with with Andy, we were discussing these things. Uh, and then I realised the time, and I realised I needed to to go because my other passion is tennis, and I've been involved in some community tennis projects in Nottingham. And one of my uh, uh, there was a session about to start that I really wanted to go and play in, and I said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go because I'm going to go and play some tennis." And I saw Andy's eyes light up immediately. It's like oh tennis oh you you play tennis do you? I was like yeah yeah and, you know. It's like oh you, you know I'm i quite into tennis. We used to play tennis and so I just said well why don't you come down and have a hit with us? Um, you know and the 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 style of um, play and the sessions I'm involved in are, are just totally open. There's no sort of cost. They're free community led initiatives um, and it's all about inclusivity anyone can come and have a hit any level of ability and um you know it's just a way for people to play come together in a social sense uh and have a have a have a hit have a go at playing tennis no judgments you know so I just said well why don't you come down and um and he did and um and he was really good <laughs> he's brilliant and uh we're we're I think any uh, <laughs> and um yeah, I could see, uh, you know, I didn't, at that point, I didn't realise uh, Andy's backstory. You know, I don't just met him. Um, as far as I knew, he was a some guy that, you know, had a, was in, had an interest in playing and wanted to find new people to play with. So that's how we got got back into it.
0: I guess, Andy, Tristan has only seen it from one side there. I'm, I'm, maybe you've talked about this now, but... What was it like you know on the way there and were you a bit nervous and you know did you have second thoughts did your shoes could you find your socks you know like uh, you know was your racket all right
1: yeah no i, I was i was terrified to be honest I, I really was and it was it was almost kind of like it was almost exciting to be scared um in a way um but i I I realized looking back now that's not probably like a, a normal approach I think if if people are nervous about going to try a sport then you know it's so important that there are ways to to make it make it more friendly for them but I think the, the thing is for me was talking to Tristan um and him sort of saying about how kind of open and social and you know just kind of easy come and have a go um see how you get on sort of thing his his sessions were um, at Vernon Park, I just thought that's exactly what what i 've been looking for to get me back into tennis because i hadn't i mean as much as I said sort of just no you know i i 'm interested in tennis i hadn't really thought about tennis for for six years at at that time He was the first person who kind of put it back on my radar you know had had a year of 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 volunteering at the skate park and my kids were skating and um I kind of had had, had my head um in 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 that in that world um so Tristan kind of pulled me back to sort of a a, sort of six years ago and um yeah I I thought you know what actually that sounds like fun I'll go and give it a go um so yeah went down it was that evening wasn't it I I went down literally that 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 same night and um thinking about now I can't even remember if I if I dropped the um dropped the Parkinson's excuse there and then or not um can you remember if I did
2: I uh, I don't think you you did. I mean, you know, I was aware that there was uh, some disability in there, but I mean, I I mean, you know, I just thought, well, doesn't matter if you want if you want to have a go and we'll have a we'll muck in and play some tennis and see how it goes, you know. Um it was really astonishing actually seeing you on court such fluidity of movement. Um and it was it's, yeah, it's a real joy to see, to be honest.
1: Because that afternoon I showed you around Flow, and I was, I think I was really struggling to, to walk that afternoon. And then, yeah, you must, it is really good of you to sort of <laughs> stand by your invitation because, you know, you could have been thinking, how's this guy going to play tennis? But um, I'm, I'm glad I did. And I'm glad that the scene in Nottingham at, at the park courts was so friendly because. Um, it did take a bit of time to answer your question, Ed, in a, in a roundabout way to sort of get back into it. I think we played some doubles that night and I think I smacked a couple of serves in the back of the head of my doubles partner.
0: Classic. <laughs> um,
1: a couple of times. Um,
2: we all do that. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from time um, to time. <laughs> I think, um,
1: yeah, serve, serving was a, a biomechanical challenge to get, to get back. That was probably one of the harder ones. But actually, fr- from the beginning, I, c- I couldn't believe how um, how much better I felt on a tennis court. And um, I've kind of since through going through all, um, this stuff with the LTA and, and getting involved in talking to people like you, I've kind of realised that there's lots of people who who find um, racket sports in particular and ball sports um, really helpful for, for, for Parkinson's. Um, but I remember coming home that evening and saying to my wife, um you know, it was like a cold, it was like end of October, early November it was cold outdoor tennis. I came home and I'd never felt more energized at sort of nine o'clock at night. Um, It was great. And I think since then I've kind of, I've not really striven for performance or to win matches. I just wanted that feeling um, every, um, every time I played and and luckily I'm still, I'm still getting it. Um, You know, I didn't think I'd start playing singles matches or, or league matches or anything like that, which I have done. Um, but regardless of that, it's just that feeling um, on that night when I got home, as much as when I was on the court, that that I kind of kind of look to try and get every every week.
0: You know, you hit the tennis ball really sweetly before Parkinson's, and so before you actually step on that tennis court, I would be really scared. You know about. You're vulnerable. I, you know, I, you took a big risk there. I, 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 I think, and and it paid off. But I guess in that moment, just before you go there, wow. I, I wonder how it felt.
1: Yeah. No, I, th- I think you're right. There was an element of that, but I think there's also an element of, of of time being a bit of a kind of leveler. I think but part of it for me was sort of after six years. I don't think I had any of the same expectations I would have had after six months, or any of the same frustrations. To be honest, I think um, I think if any if anything, what what I've tried to do is kind of almost feel like I'm I'm starting again um, and try and build those skills. And it's actually been an enjoyable enjoyable process. And it wouldn't have been enjoyable sort of six months after diagnosis to go right. Okay, let's let's try and rebuild ourselves as a, as a Parkinson's tennis player. I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I mean, I, I walked away completely and I probably did that in lots of elements of, of my life, to be honest. I think, you know, ultimately work and sort of redefining that side of things, but yeah, sort of every way, I think you kind of, I suppose a positive way to think about it is you kind of just try and find a way to manage and cope and move forwards. Um, so I hope, hope that's what I've done. I hope I can do it again. Like, because things will get will get tougher. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not denying that. But yeah, if, if you can take that attitude, um, and hopefully, yeah, I think there's an onus on sport to remove that barrier, to remove that feeling in the car or on the bus on your way somewhere, to do everything it can to, to remove to remove that feeling. Um, but ultimately, I suppose. Yeah, if, if, if there's anything I, I can do with sort of speaking to people about this kind of stuff, I'd just say just kinda of trust yourself and try and have the confidence to overcome that barrier and, and hopefully find somewhere where you can where you can feel comfortable doing it.
2: I think sport is is so much more than just trying to win something or kind of compete it's about making friends uh it's about confidence it's about mental well-being it's about your your fitness um uh, you know through through tennis i've learned i feel like i've taken things i've learned on court about how to manage my temperament my my mindset if i'm losing how to kind of temper that and balance myself? I feel like there's there's aspects of that that seep out across the other facets of my life, and I think also it's the routine of playing and getting out, getting exercise. it's, it's, it's really energising. Um, it has so many benefits just beyond the, the the act of playing in the moment itself. So I think that, yeah, it's 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 really good to hear you say that, Andy. Because I totally agree. It's, um, it, it, you've got to have if if that 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 day where I asked you if you wanted to come and play was just about whether you were going to have a good game, you know, or like going to pl- how well you're going to play. I think that's just a, the yeah, it, it would have all been a bit upside down in my mind because it's really the, the most important thing is people coming together, having a go, and you don't know what journeys might result out of that, you know, out of that. So you know, there are ways to be competitive with it if you want to take it that way, but there are ways to just play socially and and just as a a way to keep in touch with people and make new friends. So I think there's so many ways you can take a view on what's or so many things you can, aspects of sport that you can view as important and being competent and competitive is only one of them, but there's so many other ways to appreciate the benefits of sport.
1: For me, I think the overarching one is, is is what what keeps me going and what um made me go after the first time was it's fun you know and I think you know it's great it's great to like talk about mental health, mental wellbeing and things like that but i I, I, I kind of think almost feel like that's like the argument for sport to make for for, for what it can do um but ultimately you can kind of wrap that up as fun for me. You know, if you make it fun, if you make it something people want to do, then that kind of stuff takes care of itself. You know, you don't, you almost don't have to list the ingredients. um, If you can, if you can make it something people are compelled um, and enjoy doing. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's something I feel like I've, I've found that that obviously trust, trust Yeah.
2: You're so right about that. It's just fun, isn't it? Basically, yeah, that's, exactly. that's, that's what it boils down to. But but it's also about having the having the confidence, isn't it, to make that approach. And if, once people have made the approach and got into it, and then they can get the fun. But I think it's really important to find that that way to make that approach as accessible as possible.
1: Yeah, I don't think I particularly felt like I wanted to tell this story I wasn't sure if if it was particularly valuable but I I think if um, if people if people do realise that um, you can make a difference uh, yeah I think it's it's really important
0: Andy Tristan thank you both thank you so much
1: oh no thank you thank you Olympic
2: Olympic Channel
0: Podcast (laughs) Massive thanks to Andy and to Tristan, also to Angus from the LTA. If you have Parkinson's or maybe you know someone who fancies getting into some sport, there's some really great resources at sportparkinsons.com. A little announcement there going live on Friday the 13th of November. So keep your eyes and ears open for that one as well. A massive thanks for listening so far. If you have made it this far, please do share with somebody, you know, this episode or indeed any of our episodes Go give us a follow as well at Olympic Channel across all social platforms. I'm Eddie Knowles with an I and an E across all social media as well. Stay safe, stay stronger together, and we shall see you very soon.
1: Think like an Olympian.